Well, good morning, Sun Valley Church. Welcome back to the Voice of the Valley. I'm Jeremy Pinch, and I have both Pastor Rick and Pastor John in the room with me as we talk about a kind of an important topic that's that's taking place in our world today. So I'm glad you guys are with me. It's good to see you. Good to be here, Jer. <laughs> but we always talk about important things, right? I mean, I mean, I think more or less. I think. Yeah. You were gone last week. It was just Rick and I. So I don't remember. nothing important got talked about last week. So that's for sure. Yeah. I think I was in Seaside or Cannon Beach or something down yeah. there when you guys were talking. I should probably listen to see if you guys are talking gibberish or not. Well, we yeah, were. I, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, today we're talking about we're talking about Ukraine and what's uh, what's taking place over there. Um, you know, I'm sure you guys like myself have been watching. Uh, the news and everything that's coming out of out of Ukraine, and we've seen those videos of homes being destroyed, cars being blown up, cities being flattened almost, and hundreds of thousands of civilians have now been displaced and have fled the country. And people are dying, both Russians and Ukrainians. So I guess while while nothing is new, while this is nothing new, I guess in our world, Afghanistan and Israel are an example of that. Over the last year, um, these images are are spreading fear and panic um, in the people of America, in the people of our church. So while these events are scary, um, how how do these events help us as as Christians going forward? They make you, uh, I think, seriously think seriously about life for sure on a personal level. Mm. I mean, you have to realize that these things obviously are out of our hands, and so on a personal level, you got to think, okay, um, worst case scenario, if that happens, how, you know, how do we plan for that? Think about that. And, and it's it's just I think a good reminder to at least me, I'll just speak for myself, that my my life has never been in my hands. You know, my life has never been something that I can control, even though I think I can. Mm-hmm. Different levels. Uh, these kind of scenarios that we're seeing unfold in Ukraine just prove that point. It's there's nothing that we can do about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. There's nothing that we can do to ensure our ultimate safety in regard to that kind of massive world crisis. Um, and I don't spend you know hours thinking and worrying about what if you know it gets it spirals and and becomes World War Three and we're involved and it's like oh great you know I, I don't I don't let my mind go there but it's a potential right. Mm. And our our thought about that, our view about that, has to be the same. It should be the same as how we enter today. Mm. You know, my life is not in my hands. It's like someone else is in charge here, um, and it's not Vladimir, and it's not Joe, and it's not Mister Zelensky. It's the Lord. And so, 
I think that's that's one obvious benefit that that is in front of us uh, for the heart of true believers to consider that. Yeah. But also, I mean, on a I think a practical level, we have the the uh, relevancy of the gospel front and center yeah. that that comes into view when these kind of things start happening, not just for those in Ukraine or in Russia or wherever there might be a massive crisis, but in America. You know, we have, this is the definition of chaos, you know, what what's going on. There's all sorts of crazy stuff happening mm-hmm. over there, over here, because of what's happening over there. Worldwide, financial markets are going bonkers. Uh, we have all sorts of stuff going down. And it is chaos. Yeah. And, you know, I I think we can probably all remember that one of the main points with the Gospel of Mark that we're studying through as a church is that we have God's solution to chaos. Mm. Not just to personal chaos, but to worldwide chaos. Rick spoke of it briefly yesterday, or Monday, when was it, Sunday, on the kingdom of God. You know, God, God has provided a solution to our chaos. The kingdom of God is God's answer to the kingdom of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, the kingdom of God, the king of that kingdom, is the solution to the problem in Ukraine. I think you might have even said that on Sunday. That Not just like that, but something like that. Um, and so we, we have reasons to be hopeful. We have reasons to be even excited and enthusiastic about the opportunity to share the gospel with people around us um, who bring this kind of stuff up with the, you know, their foundation being fear. We, we have an answer. Right. And I, I'm, I got an email from um, something out of the master's seminary or the master's fellowship or something. I can't remember who it came from, but that group. And it's, it was basically a, a intense prayer request that we would pray that the gospel would go forth in power and clarity in Ukraine mm. because of what's going on. They have, uh, the master's fellowship has over 900 graduates from the master's seminary in Ukraine as pastors mm. right now. Talk about an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's never been a greater opportunity mm-hmm. in Ukraine for the for the platform of the gospel message mm-hmm. than right now. So, that's at least a volley. Yeah, you know, to answer your question. Yeah, how do we think about this? Yeah. Well, there's some ways. Yeah, yeah. Jesus, I was thinking about the time that um, the tower. I think it was the Tower of Siloam fell on a bunch of. A bunch of people, and Jesus used that as an opportunity to tell, you know, when he was questioned about another incident where Pilate killed a bunch of Galileans and mm-hmm. and, and mixed their blood with their sacrifices, um, Jesus said, do you think that these guys who this happened to were worse sinners? Um, unless you repent, you will also likewise perish. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus used that, um, that crisis, those two one was a natural disaster, one was a political disaster, um, 
as a you know touchstone for the gospel. And what he was not doing in that was he was not diminishing the suffering, but he was tracing the suffering to its ultimate message. Because when we look at things like this, you know, I was just talking with someone this weekend who's going through a um, kind of intense period of suffering, and uh, said, you know, this, and they don't know Christ. And I said, this is not the way that this is meant to be. Mm-hmm. Do you know that? Um, what you're going through right now was not God's good design. It's a reality of the fact that we need we need the hope that Jesus offers, and this is how he brought it. Mm. Um, when the disciples looked at the temple, they said, uh, Lord, look at these stones. And he said, yeah, they're going to come down. And he was immediately referring to 70 AD, when the greatest disaster that Israel would ever experience until the time of tribulation to come, um, whatever, you know, that they'd have ever been through. Mm-hmm. Their entire world crumbled um, with the invasion of the Romans. And Jesus, in the context of answering their question, um, he says, these are, these are birth pangs, you know, wars and rumors of wars. These are the things that will be happening throughout this age until the time of the end. And then the end will come, and the Son of Man will come, and he will sit on his glorious throne. Mm-hmm. Um, so it seems we, like you could get from there to the gospel pretty easily. You would, you would think. You might be able to open that music box um, pretty easily. Yeah. I hear a saxophone coming on. John, okay, yeah. Thank you for that segue, Rick. We got we to gotta know. We yeah. got to know how, how, uh, how that came about. This has been besides besides just basic inspiration. <laughs> you mean beyond that? Yeah, in spite of or because of? I, I don't. Know. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is this is, was this a video you watched? You know, back in back in. Tyler Tyler days? asked me the same question. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think <clears throat> I think there's a lot of people. There's asking. been a few questions. Yeah. Yeah. Ask, yeah. Same mm-hmm. question. Yeah. All good. Yeah. All good. <laughs> questions are good. Yeah, so no, it was a it was a video that that I had seen back when they first invented video. Um, yeah, and you can tell by the video quality. Nineteen thirty. Yeah, nineteen twenty or thirty somewhere in there. Yeah. And the uh, the the point of that video uh, was not angiology. In case some of you were confused about that. Nobody was confused about that. There were, there were some. Okay, there were some. But it was not that, just to be clear. Uh, it was actually that the music box represented the gospel. And the gospel, according to Jesus in Mark 4, is not to be put under a bush or under a table or under a chair, mm-hmm. but to be shared. And that that music video does it better than that little skit we were working on. Yeah. <laughs> so, There's no... Yeah. I although although that I must week. say, Rick looks good... In a white tuxedo. Yeah, he does. With wings. Hallelujah. But, yeah, so. Mm. Hallelujah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, you, you know, these moments, um, I'm going to come back from this to Ukraine. So, thanks, John, for the context. Really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was asked. Yeah. If you recall, I do recall. I was Jeremy here for it. Asked. I was yeah. here for it. So, but On those are those people. are the opportunities that that Jesus taught us to take advantage of. Yeah. And for the disciples, he got there by looking at something magnificent that would not last. Um, for these people in Luke thirteen, he got there by 
using something tragic that had just taken place. Mm. You remember you remember Luke 22 on the road to Emmaus, or Luke 24? Yeah. On the road to Emmaus, Jesus asked these two guys that were walking on the road, he goes, why so downcast? Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. And they turned to him and said, are you the only person in, in Israel that <laughs> has not, not been aware of what's been happening <laughs> right. in Jerusalem in the last few days? And he goes, well, let me talk to you about that. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so he turned what they thought was a, just almost like an unmitigated disaster that yeah. just took place in Jerusalem to sharing the gospel. Yeah. So yeah, this, this is as as horrible it is as it is. Not minimizing the suffering of those involved and the heinous sin that's being perpetrated on the Ukrainian people, mm-hmm. without minimizing any of that, it it's it's a struggle even to say, you know. But in that context, right. but talk about a platform for the gospel. Mm-hmm. I mean. The people who right now have the least hope of anybody in the world are the Ukrainian people, mm. and yet they're the ones closest to the only hope that really exists in all of human history, mm. the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm. They're, they're right there. Mm. They can smell it from where they're at. Yeah. And we ought to be praying personally for those 900 pastors for the Christians on the ground in Ukraine, that they would be bold and clear and vocal. And we ought to be no less bold, clear, and vocal here with the opportunities that this conversation, you know, the Ukraine question or conversation will give us in the next days, weeks, and months ahead, however long it goes. Yeah. 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 It's that spreading of the seed, that gospel seed that Jesus was talking about in Mark four. Oh yeah, and we see we see God using things like this, what's what's taking place in Ukraine to, you know, awaken the church to that that call, right? To mm-hmm. take that message out there mm-hmm. and be faithful. Yeah. Yeah. So now there's there's a lot of information coming our way, a lot of videos. Um, coming our way. Uh, and so deciphering information in a technological age like ours, and especially in a time like this, uh, can be difficult. You know, war is not just a, a physical act of fighting an enemy. War also includes it, the war of information. Uh, so whoever controls the information and the dissemination of that information uh, can control people's opinions, emotions, uh, and actions towards their enemy. So, um, you know, we, we're getting a lot of information coming out of Ukraine that that uh, turns out to not necessarily be reality. Um, so how, how do we as Christians who are called to be discerning, uh, who are called to be slow to speaking um, and to uh, be shrewd in how we think, uh, how do we as Christians discern the the amount of information that's that's coming our direction. How do we discern that? I think one of the things that we, you know, that we have the worldview to to know to do is because we serve the God who is truth. We want to be the people who are the most rigorous with with the truth. Mm. Um, and so sometimes, even if we're not reporting on something, we can be unwitting participants in um, spreading untruths 
by not being um, careful. And, and I'm not talking about being a, you know, a CNN fact checker, you know, that, that kind of has become a joke. Mm-hmm. Um, but in a sense, we do want to be truth verifiers. And so if something, you know, I think one, one way that we can avoid that is instead of reflexively uh, posting something about, you know, an event that or a, a story um, that didn't, that turns out not to have happened, we, we might just double check it and go, you know, just do a quick search. Did, did such and such actually happen and see if there's, um, you know, evidence that it did. Now, you, we, we have sources that we can, we've learned to trust, mm. you know, more than others. And so it might be helpful to see what's, you know, what is the source of this? Is it just some random website and we share it? Because that's usually less thoughtful than taking a source that's yeah. proven itself to be uh, rigorous with facts. But it's hard because I think with this particular, particularly with this Ukraine uh, war, some of the stories that I've heard, you know, I, I don't post them because I don't, I don't have anything to post it on, you know. But you know, I've uh, maybe forwarded something to a friend or a family member, and then find out, oh boy, that that incident didn't actually happen, mm-hmm. and and I got that information from a source that I tr- that I actually trust, mm-hmm. and so this particular moment um, is kind of a difficult one, and so yeah, yeah, that's hard. Yeah. Well, Jesus said in Matthew ten, "Behold, I'm sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves." So be as wise as serpents and innocent as doves. And I think what Christ is saying is we need to be discerning people. I think that's one of the signs of spiritual maturity is being able to discern a good from evil, right from wrong, helpful from unhelpful. Um, And I think that that's one of the the usefulnesses, if, if that's a word, of spiritual leadership in a local church. Um, we can be, if you want, fact checkers, mm-hmm. not on a political sense, or uh, but on a value sense, an important sense. I think we need to, in this day and age, be take extra measures to separate politics from Christianity. <laughs> and just because we have a certain political persuasion. Uh, should, uh, I guess, it should make us be go the extra mile and be certain, be wary of just repeating things or reposting things or saying things because of a political persuasion you may have. Uh, I think that's dangerous. I think what the world needs now is not more politics but less politics, more truth, less spinning of truth. And so we need to be as Jesus recommended here, discerning on the matter. What is going on uh, is important, but not primary. Why it's going on is primary. And so that we need to think through these kind of things as Christians, mm-hmm. to have a, a Christian mind, mm-hmm. to have a mind that's, that's being held captive to Christ. What does, what does this event or these events have to do with God's work in the world, mm-hmm. with the the progression of the kingdom mm-hmm. of God, um, of 
the battle between God and Satan. What's what are we talking about here? We our first stop should not be well. This proves that our government is a mess. This proves that we have weak leadership, and and then espouse your political opinions. I think that should not be the first thing out of Christians' mouths. I think we need to be careful mm. in that department and mm-hmm. try to actually think and say things that are spiritually helpful, useful yeah. um, for making much of Christ out of the matter. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody can say something political, <laughs> which is usually unhelpful, but maybe say something that's spiritual value, has spiritual value. What have you come across, Jer, as you've um, been sifting through information that's been uh, helpful to... Yeah, well, we talked about that one. Didn't <laughs> That turned out not to be true, right? It turned out not to be true. So, And I was so hopeful. Yeah. I was so hopeful. But what? Um, how have you thought through the same question you're asking us? Well, you know, because I, I think about it in the sense of, like, because of all the information that's coming from us, and usually a, a pro-Ukrainian you know, stance mm-hmm. of like, you know, Russia's wrong in, in their, in their movements. Um, and it's very much pro Ukrainian. Um, and so we're getting a lot of information of everything that the Russians are doing wrong. And certainly they're in the wrong. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but with that comes, you know, fabrications of what's actually taking place. You know, the ghost of Kiev being, being one of those stories where this guy was shooting down six you know, enemy aircraft when that actually didn't happen at all. Um, and so we could take that information and share it and say, you know, look what's happening here in Ukraine, but what's actually taking place on the ground could be completely different from what we're seeing. Um, and so I think that comes back to, you know, it's easy to see these things and say, you know, the Ukrainians are, are doing X, Y, and Z when it's like the situation on the ground is actually a lot worse than what we think it is, you know, um, and that's really no different from, from any war that we've ever seen, right? Sure. Like World War II is, is the perfect example of that. And Vietnam War and, and all these wars, there's, there's a, a um, dissemination of information that, that is either going to sway one side or the other. Um, so, yeah, how, how do we think through that? And thinking through that, that we actually have Russian brothers and sisters in Christ and so it can become very easy to say, you know, all Russians are evil. All Russians are, you know, doing this. And it's like, well, we actually still have faithful Christians who are in Russia proclaiming Christ. Even um, even in Russian government. Yeah. Who are believers. Yeah. And I think that 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 one kind of hit home for me was that that aspect of it because I think once once it, it takes place, it immediately becomes us versus them. Right. And that's, that's how war goes. But like all Russians are bad. All Russians are evil. All Russians are, you know, they're the enemy. And it wasn't two years ago that we were saying all Ukrainians were bad. Yeah. Because of all the junk that was going on in Ukraine two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. We need to be careful on what we're saying about things, about people and be a little more discerning. Yeah. I think this isn't about, I mean, it, it is a horrendous situation, uh, and we need not pretend it's not. But there's much bigger things at play here 
than Russia and Ukraine. And I think we need to think about that. So what do you, what do you mean by that? I think God is in charge. <laughs> sure. And he's accomplishing things through the evil of man. Sure. Like you said, there will be rumors of wars and wars. All these things lead up to something. Uh, the return of Christ, for example, his millennial reign, his uh, kingdom on earth. These things are going to happen, and they're horrible things, and people suffer, but it, it, we should never be talking about how bad Russia is or how bad Ukraine is or how bad China is. That's not the point of any world conflict. The, 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 we have to be thinking about it from God's perspective. He's accomplishing his purposes in the history of mankind to make much of the glory of Christ. Mm. The solution to all these things is Jesus. Mm. And these things are evidence of that. Think through all history. Every, every negative thing in history points to the reality that mankind is full of sinners and that Christ is the answer to our problems. Mm. That's, what, that's what is on the table here. And I, I just think that when we start talking about political rights and wrongs and you know, trying to split hairs over who did what was wrong or who did what was right and how wrong or how right was it, I think that, I think that we're missing the point of these things. That's just, it's so easy to get wrapped up in the, the political side of any war um, that we, we miss a, a greater, much more important picture of what God's accomplishing on the planet. There is a story being told, and God's, God's the storyteller. Hmm. I just I don't I don't know if that's where you're going with this, Jeremy, or not. But I I think it's I think it's I think we need to be careful on you know what we're saying about who and what. Sure. Sure. On the matter. I think I was my understanding of the question is is how do we engage with the information that's coming to us, knowing that a generous amount of it may not be true? How do we as Christians handle? The steward, the stewardship of facts. Sure. Does that does that make sense? Sure. Am I yeah, understanding that correctly? That's kind of where I was going with with that. Okay. Question was, and I guess my question is, <laughs> who cares? What's what's the well, point? So well, I think. I, I think I, go ahead. I mean, I, I think God cares. I think God cares. No, because, I'm saying God cares about something else. And I'm saying He cares about that bigger thing and the facts on the ground because all. All the facts are under his lordship, and we have to we have to handle it correctly because someone's going to write history, and we need to be speaking accurately about the things that are happening, all under his providence. That's you my know? point, that this is all under his providence. Right, right. And to get into a debate with a Russian about the rightness or wrongness of what's happening in Kiev is not the argument. Well, yeah, and that's having. and that's not the the point of this this question. It's it's how do we how do we sift through what's being presented to us? You know, how how do we sift through the information that's coming our way so that we can accurately present the the truth? 
whether that's an action took place this way or that way. I mean, if, if this happened this way, we want to, obviously, we want to give an accurate understanding of it, just like we would in, in any day life, right? Like we want to we wanna be accurate in how we discern the information that comes from us, whether it's Ukraine or, you know, what's happening down the road, right? I think. You're both looking at me like... Sure, you want to be accurate, but I mean, uh, you don't want to be inaccurate. But I, I, I guess I'm thinking, I'm thinking about different things here. Sure. Um, uh, eternal things. Sure. Uh, did the guy hit the ball 330 yards or 289 yards? What's who cares? I mean, it. I don't mean who cares as, as if truth doesn't matter. I'm not saying that. I'm saying the point is that, that evil is taking place on our planet and God has orchestrated the events of mankind for the purpose of exalting Christ yeah. in all things. Yep. And so whether or not I can get into a accurate debate with anybody or an accurate conversation with anybody on the specifics of what happened in Kiev yesterday is of this much importance, little, very little importance. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Sure. sure. So, yeah. Yeah. So I guess, um, you know, thinking about this, this, the, the amount of evil that's taking place in our world right now, um, we, we I, I think we have a pretty good understanding of man's depravity. Um, the fallen nature of our world. And it can seem like, it can seem counterintuitive to pray for peace uh, when the world is constantly at war. It can seem counterintuitive to pray for justice when evil is prevalent every single day. Um, and so how, how does praying your kingdom come help us in, when we think in this way? Rick, I mean, obviously you just, you just preached on this the other day. Um, how does praying your kingdom come help us when things seem counterintuitive? Well, it, it, a few things come to mind. One, one is that it reminds us that we have hope. We have the kind of hope that John was just talking about, that that this world is not, um, this world is, is under the sovereign purposes of a God who has told us that there is a king coming. Um, and because of what he did the first time he came, um, things are going to be amazing when he returns. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what's counterintuitive about that is we look at the events of the 20th century. We look at how, you know, swimmingly this one's going, and we say, hey, <laughs> uh, what gives? And and the answer is, well, um, as the gospel's going forward, the hearts of men, you know, give way to receive that king. And he's been doing that for the past 2,000 years through the prayers of his people. And he tells them by, by likening our prayers to a widow uh, who, you know, who doesn't stop asking for a judge to give her justice for her case when he keeps turning her down or ignoring her. Hey, keep praying because you don't know God's timing, but you do know his will in the sense that he wants you to pray. He wants you to hope. He wants you to labor that mm-hmm. the gospel would go forward. And so when we when we pray like that, knowing that that pleases him, um, we're praying in anticipation for that kingdom being realized. 
And things, times like this, they remind us of just how desperately we need that kingdom. Mm-hmm. And, and we know that um, our evangelism, as mundane and routine and insignificant as it seems, one person at a time, uh, it's, it's through one person at a time, repenting and believing the gospel, that the church has grown to the global scale that it is and will grow until its fullness when Christ returns. And so, and so, if we keep w- w- tracing that path, we can say that what's going on in Ukraine right now is part of establishing the kingdom of God on this planet. Even though, as horrible as it is, people are coming to Christ now like never before in Ukraine because Russia invaded. <laughs> and so, we all who have prayed, your kingdom come... This is part of the answer. Yeah. That doesn't sound too enticing from the world, though. <laughs> it, doesn't too, it doesn't sound enticing to me yeah. as a Christian. Right. Two right? things can be said simultaneously. Shame on Russia and praise God. Yeah. Right? And that's the tension we have the categories to hold in our hands. And this is what I was getting at with your last question. Right. There's more at play here, and God's in charge of it. <laughs> People are coming to Christ now in Ukraine that never heard the gospel before. And they have a platform for that gospel because of what's happening right mm-hmm. now in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like anything. It's on, on a much less grand of a scale when you get sick or family members get sick and your neighbors come over and say, oh, man, I, I, so horrible. What You can say, you can speak the gospel. Your kingdom come. Mm-hmm. You, you can actually share the kingdom's message. You can share the king with your neighbors. Mm-hmm. And so this is, this is, I think, this question, Jeremy, ought to be our focus mm-hmm. when, when we're talking about horrific events right. like right. Vietnam or Ukraine yeah. or, you know, World War II or one or whatever. Yeah. So I guess for you guys, how have you, have you seen in, in the last two years, how you've had opportunities, um, you know, to advance the kingdom in, in, in the lives of the people that you've been in contact with? Has it, has COVID and Ukraine and, and everything yes. else opened up opportunities for yes, you? Yes, we have a f- new family in our church right now because of COVID and Ukraine. Yeah. That's who have awesome. never been in church before in their lives. Yeah. And now they're embracing Christ, and they've seen the the chaos, not just of COVID issue, but now this Ukraine issue, and they're going, what in the world is going on? And they came Christmas Eve, and they started hearing the gospel, and it's making sense, and they've embraced it. And they're saying, we're all in, because there's no other answers. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. what we're talking about. Yeah. So yes, to answer your question, I have seen it firsthand. Yeah. And in I have prayed for this family for a decade that oh. God would bring his kingdom into their lives and them into his kingdom. And here it is because of <laughs> those two big crises in front of us. Mm. Yeah. I, yeah, it's to me amazing the way God does this. He takes massive sin and and 
the crazy world events that disrupt order and use them to bring about his will yeah. in the lives of people. Yeah. Pretty pretty awesome in my view. Yeah. 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 I uh I have one final question for you. How how can we be praying for our, our brothers and sisters who are in Russia in Ukraine? How can we how can we pray for them? How can we support them? What what are some ways that um, we could love them now, currently. What were some of the? You preached on it on Sunday. I'll let you answer that. Well, I, well, I was just wondering what was what was the specific request that that email from that you got from the Masters Fellowship? Um, what was what the did, specific request? Like, what were they asking you to pray for? The pastors, okay, the nine hundred pastors, and that the gospel will go forward in Ukraine right now. That's what they were asking. It was a was pray that for, for Ukraine email. Oh, was it TMAI? Uh, may have been. Okay. May have been because I got I got an I got an email from TMAI that was similar. So yeah, the Masters Academy International. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I think that may have been it, but it was. Let's pray for these two things. Yeah. Let the gospel go forward, and three things I think, and protecting of the Christians there on the ground, and that the pastors would be you know, safe as they proclaim the gospel message. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's what we pray, Lord. Your, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We, we pray that there'll be an embrace of Christ Jesus here on this planet, there in Ukraine, as he is honored and glorified in heaven. Mm. Um, that's the, the Lord's prayer. Mm. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Mm. I've taken a break. I'd taken a break for a while from listening to Mueller's briefing, Al Mueller's briefing, um, but I picked it up last week a little bit and um, really found it helpful as he's been talking through this. You know, he's he's a guy who's rigorous with facts, but what I love about the way he's dealing with with the subject is he's putting in that bigger picture perspective of how we as Christians, in light of Scripture should be thinking about these things. And then he specifically will make, you know, recommendations of it, you know, be praying for, you know, X, Y, Z. So I think that's, you know, that's an easy way to, with just minimal impact to your day, to be informed about what's going on and having somebody, you know, who's done a lot more analysis of the news than, than any of us have the time to, because he can do it in the blink of an eye, just because he, anyway, um, he's, he's shepherding, believers on how to pray specifically through mm -hmm. those things too. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's another suggestion. Mm -hmm. well, I think one thing, one thing we can do is put ourselves in the shoes of those people as closely as we can. Mm -hmm. And if I was there, I'd be afraid for my family. Yeah. I'd be afraid for the church that in my case, that if I were a pastor there, that my church would be hurting in so many ways. And so I pray for, I pray for the pastors there that they would, they would be bold, strong, that the people would be physically safe, mm -hmm. that that uh, they're if they're in pain, physical or emotional pain, that the Lord would meet them there in a way that he has not up to this point or they have not pursued him up to this point. So you just put yourself in the shoes of people who are there as a dad. How would you pray for your kids mm -hmm. in Ukraine right now? Or your, how would you pray for your spouse 
How would you pray for your gov- your government, like your like President Zelensky? What would you pray for him? And then pray those things. Mm. Pray for the Christians in in Russia. I mean, for those who who know what's happening, exactly know what's happening. Uh, pray for their boldness and speaking out against it, and standing up and and you know pleading yeah. with your government to change course. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think some of these these videos have been helpful to actually put yourself in those shoes. You know, seeing some of these dads say goodbye to their kids mm-hmm. um, is it it wrecks you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that's that's reality for for hundreds of thousands of people over there, um, which gives us way to a way to pray for them. Yeah. Well, I think from that TMAI, mm-hmm. sorry, one more thing from that TMAI email, John, there's, um, you know, there's a church over there. I don't, I don't remember what city it was in, but, um, they have an underground, um, they have an underground parking lot, uh, where they're staying. That's where they live now is these, this church lives there and they have like 50 non-believers that are with them in this underground parking lot underneath their church. And they they're having church services three times a day. <laughs> so wow, you know, those those opportunities there where the gospel is going forward mm. in the midst of chaos. Yeah. Man, but they're praying more than normal. Yeah, in those services. Yeah, I was thinking one impulse that believers have, and rightly so, in those in these situations where you wonder what actual material aid can you give to to people there who are suffering, Christian or non-Christian. Um, World News Group, um, WNG.org, they have a list when, when these kind of crises come. They have a list of organizations that have that they have already vetted for financial integrity and their evangelical ministries um, that are that are supporting with aid. And so if, if that was a way that somebody felt compelled to also add to their prayers with mm-hmm. some financial gifts, mm-hmm. um, you don't have to start from ground zero and wonder if you're giving money to a legit organization. Mm-hmm. So again, you know, WNG.org, and I, and I haven't checked on this particular crisis, um, what that looks like, but in the previous ones, they've done a really good job with that. Yeah. 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 Church. Well, we hope that you're praying for, um, Ukraine, praying for the pastors, praying for the people, praying for the government, um, that God's kingdom would, would come and his will would be done. Uh, Yeah, continue praying. Continue praying for him. Next week, we're going to take off from the Voice of the Valley. Uh, we got a few of us who are going to be out of town. But the week after, so two weeks from today, uh, we're going to be um, doing a mini-series, if you will, on a book by J.T. Wright. English. 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 J.T. Wright. You think of N.T. Wright. N.T. Wright. And we're not going to do a book by him. We're going to do a book by J.T. English. Yeah, thank you for that. J.T. English, and it is called Deep Discipleship. Um, J.T. English. I'm going to say that one more time. J.T. English. English. Uh, and we're going we're gonna to be taking a look at his book, Deep Discipleship. Uh, I think we're going to have a few copies on the bookshelf here soon. I will uh, order a few. So It'll be there for this Sunday. If you want to pick up a copy and read through that book, it's a great book. Uh, we encourage you to read it and uh, follow along with us as we as we study it on the podcast. Church, we love you. We look forward to being with you this Sunday. 
and in two weeks on The Voice of the Valley.